0: You're now rocking with NBS Central.
1: Embrace. The Sports Perspective. Broadcasting live on Facebook. Made available through NBS Central. Welcome to Larson Live. This is the Sports Perspective with Larson. Glad to be here. Thank you for joining me. This is Larson Live on the MBS Central. Follow the YouTube page. Go to Facebook. Facebook Watch, now live on that. This is the Sports Perspective with Larson. Like, share, and subscribe to the channel.
2: If you like what I'm saying, if you hate what I'm saying, or if anything makes you sad, make sure that you drop the proper reaction. Go to Spotify. Go to
1: Spotify and follow the NBS Central Podcast, um, and, uh, and you'll get all of our shows. Let's talk about it the nothing but sports show larson live mbs censored of course um got some good stuff for you guys today eight takes a week is now a staple of larson live i give you eight takes of the sports world that i uh need to uh that i need to get off my chest um If you are in the the feed, make sure you do drop that comment, drop that reaction, hit the like button, always. Let's get started with our eight takes, though, and of course, we are going to get on to the Raiders. The Raiders, now the Las Vegas Raiders officially. The official Las Vegas Raiders opened up Allegiant Stadium, and man, that thing is beautiful. My first take of the week is that the Raiders are a legit playoff contender. It is Groundhog Day, folks. It is Groundhog Day. Flashback to 2016. Because the Raiders are playoff contenders. And it's literally the exact same team. Obviously, there's no Omari Cooper. There's no Michael Crabtree. And there's no Marshawn Lynch. Khalil Mack is gone as well, as is Donald Penn and uh, whoever else we had on that line. But it's still the same team. Strong offensive line led by the coaching of actually the revived Tom Cable. Thank God for him. Thank Al Davis for him bringing him into the Oakland Raiders culture. And now he's with the Las Vegas Raiders under John Gruden. Thank you to John Gruden for, uh, for his play, uh, for his play calling. Spider 2Y banana. Um, what a beautiful play call in the end zone to get it to the fullback. And thank you to Derek Carr for finally finding his confidence, his 2016 confidence. We have speed on the edge for him to throw to now, and he's not afraid to take deep shots. He has a physical receiver that he loves, two of them actually, Darren Waller and Brian Edwards, and a power running game. Replaces Marshawn Lynch with Josh Jacobs. And of course, we have to thank Mike Mayock for trading away Khalil Mack and getting everything that he has gotten. The Raiders are a legit playoff contender, people. We're back in 2016 where they're beating the
2: Saints. We're beating up on the NFC South, and uh, we're we're, we're getting to the playoffs, folks. And number two, let's get to the New Orleans Saints. Jameis Winston should be starting for that
1: team. That is my second take of the week, folks, and I am sticking to that hard.
2: Jameis Winston should be starting for the New Orleans Saints. Every throw that Drew Brees couldn't make, Jameis Winston could have made, I promise that. Every throw, Drew Brees' arm is shot, it is shot.
1: He doesn't have the arm strength to make those throws anymore. But Jameis Winston can. If Jameis Winston was starting for the New Orleans Saints, it would have been a more competitive game for sure
2: for, against the Las Vegas Raiders. No doubt about that. He might have thrown another pick, though. He might have thrown,
1: uh, I mean, Drew Brees did throw, throw one pick, but uh, Jameis Winston might have thrown a couple more. But Jameis Winston should be starting for the New Orleans Saints. To all my Louisiana family out there, part of the MBS Central family, I'm telling you, Drew Brees is not your guy anymore. He would not lead you to another Super Bowl victory. The NFC West is in my third take.
2: The NFC West is for the Cardinals and the Seahawks this season. It is their division to lose. Of course, we have to blame
1: injuries for that. We have to blame injuries to the San Francisco 49ers, and, wow, we will get to those injuries for sure. But the Rams are 2-0. The Rams are 2-0. Um, so why am I counting them out as well? They're not as dangerous. Love the weapons. I think that they will be playoff contenders, and – likely a third team in the NFC West. But to win this division, it is the Cardinals and the Seahawks. The Seahawks have unstoppable weapons on the outside. With DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray are actually extremely accurate on the deep throws. But Russell Wilson is the best at it. Russell Wilson is putting together an MVP season, has had a start that nobody
2: else has seen. This is their division to win, their division to lose. My fourth take. The Patriots are the best team in the AFC East. No doubt about it. The Buffalo Bills are not that team.
1: They are not the best team in the AFC East. They have an excellent defense, of course. The run game seems to be strong, but Josh Allen will not win you games. And he looks great against the Dolphins. He looks great against the Jets. But I can't wait for him to play the Patriots. I cannot wait. So Bill Belichick will, of course, prove me right. And again, Keo, I see you in there in the chat. Nobody's saying that the Rams aren't a playoff team. They might be. But the only real division winners in, in, the AFC, in the NFC West are the Cardinals and Seahawks. Those will be the two teams duking it out for the division title. I expect the Rams to fall off a little bit later in the year.
2: And, uh, um, but they will definitely be the playoff contenders. They do have a hot-powered offense. They are finding
1: a running game. Um, but they're just not as dangerous as the Cardinals and Seahawks. They don't. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. That's not DK Metcalf. That's not Tyler Lockett. There's definitely no DeAndre Hopkins. I like the Rams system. But the Seahawks and the Cardinals
2: will win more games significantly. Now to my fifth take, and we're going to switch sports. LeBron James. He fouled Jamal Murray. No doubt about it. Everybody wants to talk up about that lockup defense with three minutes left in the game. Jamal Murray had had him beat. He beat him to the spot. He beat him to the spot. LeBron James popped up in there out of
1: nowhere, pushed him out with his chest. That's called a foul. I play
2: basketball. I know what a foul is. But, and this is part of my fifth take, there were still three minutes left in the game.
1: It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he fouled Jamal Murray with three minutes left in the game because the Nuggets still went on to miss shot after shot after shot. My sixth take of the week, is that the Miami Heat are set up for success long-term as well as inches away from the NBA Finals. They will be playing today, coming up here soon. Will they win this game five? Man, they are on a roll. It took a considerable effort from Tyler though. Does he have another one in him? A 37-point outing from a rookie? i like the Celtics to inch this one out. I expect the Heat to win this game, win this series in six. The Celtics were my pick before, but the Heat are just better. I did not watch the Heat enough this season. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, these guys are elite shooters. And Jimmy Butler is a true leader that has patched them together. My seventh take, the Vikings will be fine. They will be fine, people. We're switching back to NFL, and I'm telling you, the Vikings are going to be fine. I know a few Minnesota fans, and they will appreciate that I said that. Kirk Cousins has had an awful start. He's had an awful start. But when you look at the history, Gary Kubiak's offenses, every quarterback that has played under there has had a slow start too the season. Peyton Manning had a slow start to his, to a Gary Kubiak offense
2: through like 12 picks in the first few games and then eventually figured it out. The running
1: game is getting set up. Kirk Cousins will find his receivers and they will give Justin Jefferson more touches. I can, I foresee that with the Minnesota Vikings, the Vikings are well coached with an offensive coordinator an experienced offensive coordinator, an experienced head coach. And once they get that, te- that defense patched up, losing Anthony Barr, I know, is difficult. But the Minnesota Vikings will be fine. And we'll be running it up for the in- NFC North. The one team you don't want to look at is the Chicago Bears. That's a fluke team right there. And now we go to our eighth and final take of eight takes a week. Thank you to the Beatles for that slogan. The healthiest team will be the most dangerous team in the NFL.
2: It's not a hot take. And none of these are real hot takes. It is my takes. And it's normal for
1: the healthiest team to be the most dangerous team in the NFL in the end, leading up to
2: playoffs. But this year, it's even more insane. The injuries are piling up. And that's what we're
1: going to get to next. This is Larson Live. If you are enjoying the content, if you love it, if you hate it, if you're sad to what I say,
2: drop the appropriate reaction. Share the live feed. Follow the NBS Central page. And, of course, we'll be right back. This is Larson Live. We're going to take a quick break.
0: This is your boy, Just Justin, co-host of the number one show on the MBS Central, the nothing but sports show, with co-host Mr. C, the trendsetter. We discuss all the hottest topics of the week in sports. Check us out every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Central on the MBS Central Facebook page, and check out our clips weekly on YouTube and Spotify. Don't miss out. what's good what's good what's good baby it's your boy truex the sports junkie of mbs central's let's talk about it hosted by myself and of course my homie from the bay area my main man keo where we don't just talk sports we talk battle rap and of course you already know we have the sneaker of the week where Kio always gets it wrong but that's neither here nor there Check us out, man. Every Monday night at 10 o'clock Central Time. Peace.
2: And we are back. Thank you for waiting for that
1: brief commercial break. Check out our other shows. Let's talk about it. MBS Uncensored, The Nothing But Sports Show, Start 'em, Sit 'em on Sundays for all of your fantasy needs. And of course, you can listen to all of those on the Facebook, MBS Central page. Make sure you follow that, like all of the videos, and of course, go to the YouTube and subscribe to that channel as well. Now, we let off with the absurd amount of injuries that the NFL teams have been suffering from. Why? I told you guys why. I told you during the summer, as soon as practices started, look at the last shortened offseason back in 2011.
2: The lockout shortened offseason. How many Achilles injuries did we see? How many knee injuries? Ten Achilles
1: tendon injuries in the first 12 days of training camp. Two more coming in the next 17 days, which included the first two weeks of preseason.
2: The injuries piled up because the teams weren't, the teams weren't prepared. The players weren't prepared.
1: There's a difference between your professional training and the team's training. There's a difference between doing cuts
2: on the beach, doing footwork drills, and hammering out in practice
1: with pads over and over again, getting ready for the season, preparing your bodies for a car accident every week because that's exactly what it's like for NFL players.
2: It feels like a car accident. And with a shortened off season, you don't get prepared for that at all. So of course, yes, we saw we saw um, a lot of injuries this past week, and there probably will be a few more. Tavon Young, um, Bruce Irvin, Cortland Sutton,
1: a little bit smaller names, Leon Jacobs, but the big ones: Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, Saquon Barkley. ACL injuries. Jimmy Garoppolo suffered an ankle injury. Listen, we'll get, to the, we'll get to the 49ers. Von Miller had a serious injury before the season even started. Christian McCaffrey, an ankle injury. Malik Hooker, Achilles. Paris Campbell, MCL, IR. Marlon Mack,
2: Achilles, IR. First week of the season. Drew Locke has a shoulder injury. It'll keep him out.
1: I mean, you look at the Eagles, the Chargers, and the 49ers. Those are the three
2: teams that are suffering from this the most. Why? What is up with the training there? What is up with the training? Andre Dillard, Brandon Brooks. The whole offensive line of the
1: Eagles is shot. Jalen Rieger is joining the injured reserve. Vinnie Curry's already on there. There's something about the training. And again, the shortened offseason does not help. When you look at it, um, there are two probable causes of sudden injuries. There's either too much practice or not enough practice. And we're talking about high-intensity practice where you're tackling and hitting over and over again, again, preparing your bodies. But there's one thing to notice is that gameplay hasn't, hasn't looked rusty at all. No rustiness, no signs of players out of shape. All it is is just injuries. I mean, it's possible that some players were not game ready. But they were obviously
2: mentally ready because their, 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 their gameplay has been fine. But there's no way to simulate...
1: Hitting over and over and over again, except by hitting yourself
2: over and over and over again. So without a full offseason, you're going to see a lot of bodies
1: break down quicker than they normally would way early. And of course, we usually see this rush in preseason. We usually see the rush. First couple weeks. Um. This happens before. This is, it usually happens in the first few weeks of the season. And so I expect the injuries to drop down after a bit. Because again, with the full off season, you don't see as many injuries like this. Because there's a gradual increase of physical activity, of physical contact to prepare the bodies. But when you have a shortened off season, you don't. And that's why the 49ers have about 20 players on their injured, li- on their injured list. You have knee, leg. Now, th- this is a different case because of the, of the field at MetLife. That was something else. That was something else that, has, that was addressed by the NFL, that was addressed by the 49ers, and apparently there's no problem with the field, according to the NFL. But... The 49ers said there was a problem. The players said there was a problem. And I think I will trust the players who play on fields every day. And if they say that, you know, this this field was messed up, this this field was poorly done, I think I'm going to trust their judgment. And the results that say, hey, you know what? There was an injury to Solomon Thomas, an injury to Nick Bosa, an injury to
2: Garoppolo, an injury to Mostert. An injury to Coleman? What? Like, what? Are you kidding me? And you're going to act like they're, they're, what they're saying is untrue?
1: George Kittle as well? Knee, leg, ankle injuries, all to Richard Sherman, George Kittle, Mostert, Coleman, Richie James Jr.,
2: Weston Richford, Dred Greenlaw, Debo Samuel, and Jimmy Garoppolo. I can, I mean, maybe it's just a poor trainer. Maybe the 49ers just have poor trainers, even worse than everybody else. That's not what they're focusing their money on. The San Diego Chargers seem to have those same problems. Yeah, Mike Pouncey with an injured reserve trip with
1: his hip, with the hip. He's out for the season. Drew Tranquil, linebacker, injured reserve ankle he'll be back week eight throwing jams before the season even started a meniscus
2: tear and then of course you have Tyrod Taylor who just got a punctured lung because the doctor doesn't know where to stick the needle just completely terrible malpractice at its
1: finest There might be malpractice within the physical training of these teams which is why we see all of these injuries so there are several instances this is why we have all these injuries, but expect it to die down a bit. I don't think that it will continue. It just happens in the beginning of the season and without a lock, without it, without a, without an off season. Thank you, COVID.
2: Thank you, COVID. We got another thing to blame COVID. Um, and that's, uh, and that's injuries. Thank you, COVID for that. to finish off this show i'm going to act like
1: i'm going to act like i just discovered something brand new but it it kind of is it's it's a, it's a legit it's legit it's uh, i have finally figured out this uh, I, I finally figured out this puzzle after years and years and i don't know why anybody else can't figure it out this is Larson Live, the Sports se- Perspective with Larson. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back.
0: What's good? What's good? What's good, baby? It's your boy, Truex, the sports junkie of MBS Centrals. Let's talk about it. Hosted by myself and, of course, my homie from the Bay Area, my main man, Keo. Where we don't just talk sports. We talk battle rap. And, of course, you already know. We have the Sneaker of the Week, where Q always gets it wrong. But that's neither here nor there. Check us out, man, every Monday night at 10 o'clock Central Time. Peace. This is your boy, Just Justin, co-host of the number one show on the NBS Central, the Nothing But Sports Show, with co-host Mr. C, the trendsetter. We discuss all the hottest topics of the week in sports. Check us out every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Central on the MBS Central Facebook page, and check out our clips weekly on YouTube and Spotify. Don't miss out. What's good? What's good? What's good, baby? It's your boy, Truex the Sports Junkie. And if you love sports the way I love sports, you need to be subscribed to the MBS Central page on YouTube. Well, what are you waiting for? Go ahead and hit that subscription. And while you're at it, hit that notification bell and enjoy. Do you love sports? Do you love fantasy football? If you answered yes to both of those questions, make sure that you tune in every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Central Time for MBS Central's Stardom Sit'em Fantasy Football Show, hosted by yours truly, Truex the Sports Junkie, where I help you with who to start and who to sit, your waiver wire pickups, and all your fantasy football needs. Of course, you know, I'm the fantasy guru. What's good? This is Truex, the sports junkie, and you're now rocking with Mike Larson on Larson Live. Let's get it. And we are back. Thank you for joining me. This
1: is Larson Live. I am your host, Michael Larson. Only on the NBS Central Network. Go to the YouTube page, go to Spotify, search MBS Central, find all of our shows. Let's talk about
2: it. MBS Uncensored, Stardom sit and of course, the Nothing But Sports Show. So we ended off with uh, my findings. What
1: did I discover that everybody else should have discovered a long time ago? I mean, I'm not trying to sound smart here or anything, but it's really not hard for teams to figure out, yet they continue to do it year after year after year. I began a research project this week, just so I can get the opinions of everybody, of the public. What do, what, what do, what, what is the reason for highly drafted quarterbacks
2: What is the reason for their downfall or their success? I started with 1998. Peyton Manning is a an extreme outlier. When
1: when he joined the Indianapolis Colts, their sack rate fell to 3.7 percent in his rookie year. No big changes with personnel. Just one, Peyton Manning. Fell to 3.7 after it was 10.6, 7.4, and 10.1%. 10%, pretty much 10% of every drop back, there was a sack.
2: And uh, it fell to 3%, 3% when uh, Peyton Manning joined them. That's one change. Just, just Peyton Manning's a generational talent. But everybody else? I mean, is that. Is that,
1: is that, is that what's expected tim couch was supposed to be a generational talent as well yet he wasn't he had the arm but obviously he didn't have the smarts of peyton manning which is why he suffered 56 sacks as a rookie teams need to take the safe approach they need to take the safe approach and sit their rookie quarterback the dolphins are doing the right thing thank you don't ruin to his career the Ravens did the right thing
2: they sat Lamar Jackson look at him now the Chiefs did the right thing look at Mahomes but you look at all these other quarterbacks that started right away week one and it didn't go so well so that's the research project I'm doing and I, you know, I, I pretty much figured it out. You know,
1: it's, it's not hard. You just sit, you sit your quarterback. But I want all the stats. I want all the numbers. And then once the research project is complete, I'll be able to give you a final conclusion with everything.
2: But just off the bat, it's not hard. Sit your, sit your quarterback. Joe Burrow is suffering right now. He's suffering with a bad team. If you saw him on prime time Monday night, you saw that this man has no time in the pocket. And this is the difference.
1: Michael Vick, Russell Wilson,
2: these guys can escape the pass rush easy. They started right away. They started right away as rookies. But with their mobility, Kyler Murray as well, another one.
1: With their mobility, they're able to escape sacks. And make plays. And there's no doubt that Joe Burrow has legs for that. But he doesn't have Kyler Murray's legs and speed. Russell Wilson's
2: shiftiness. Mike Vick's combination of speed and agility. Joe Burrow has a nice uh,
1: combination of arm and legs. But he's not like them. He's not built like them. So he can't escape the rush like they, they can't. If you have a pocket, if you have a, uh, a, a traditional pocket quarterback, you got to sit this man until you have an offensive line
2: that will protect him. Burrow will suffer, and I hope that they don't ruin his career totally. Um,
1: you, look at the, you look at the past, high-drafted quarterbacks, you suffer from injuries, poor play, lack of confidence – when, they're, uh, when, they're, when they start right away, when the
2: team's not ready for them. The team has to be built around them. That's it. That brings us to Larson's Locks. A new segment. And we'll have a nice
1: little graphic for it. But I have some locks for you. And it's not anything... You know, I didn't do any huge brainstorming on it. I mean, that's so traditional. You got to have some locks of the week. Larson's locks, are you kidding me? How cliche is that? How long did it take you to come up with that one, Larson? That's all right. These are my locks of the week. I'll give you three locks of the week. The first one is the Philadelphia Eagles. They will beat the Cincinnati Bengals, especially if Fletcher Cox plays. They're going to get to Joe Burrow. They're going to give him pressure. And Carson Wentz will find a win, his first win of the season for the Eagles. The Bengals don't have a dangerous de- defense whatsoever. If the Eagles can't score against them, the Eagles are going to be a top five drafting team. And that's just not that's not what I see. Not with Carson Wentz at quarterback. He's too much. He's too talented. He's a legit franchise quarterback of, I say he's elite. I think he has played elite football in the past years. Last year, he was playing with a practice squad. This year, he's playing with an injury-riddled squad as well. Um, He's only thrown two touchdowns so far, but
2: I expect the Eagles to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Lock of the week right there. Lock number one. Lock number two, we
1: come to the Las Vegas Raiders and the New England Patriots. The Las Vegas Raiders coming off a high...
2: Win a big time win against the New Orleans Saints. I'm not with that one. I'm not with them beating the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. He was watching the film, he's watched the film all week. Derek Carr will have to beat them with throws like Russell Wilson did. Did you see the throws that Russell Wilson was hitting?
1: Dropping them in the perfect spot to DK Metcalf, to Tyler Lockett. Derek is not doing that to Henry Ruggs. He's not doing that to Brian Edwards. And I'm not sure that those guys are going to be – I mean, Henry Ruggs isn't even playing, actually. So who's going to beat Stephen Gilmore? There's nobody built to beat Stephen, Stephen Gilmore in, uh, on the Raiders team. Nobody's, there's there's nobody gonna, there's nobody on the Raiders wide receiver core that's gonna be Darren Darren Waller is absolutely a mismatch. But the physical Patriots, the physical players that they have in their secondary,
2: those guys can match up with Waller just enough to prevent him from running after the catch and taking away chunks of yards. So my second lock of the week is the New England Patriots. And that brings me to my third lock of the week. A big time matchup. Seahawks versus Cowboys. Man, I could probably do
1: five locks if I wanted to. But we'll keep it at three this week. See how how Larson does. And my third lock of the week is the Seahawks over the Cowboys. The Seahawks played an unbelievable game last week against the New England Patriots, the Cowboys inched away with a victory over the Falcons. They have no consistency.
2: The Cowboys have their entire secondary, their entire quarterback core is injured. So
1: if DK Metcalf is beating Stephen Gilmore, you think he's not going to be getting himself open against the practice squad players that the Cowboys are going to be playing? That's not happening. Russell Wilson will again have another big day, continue his MVP-like season. And uh, the Seahawks will take this one at home. Those are my three locks of the week. Seahawks at 225, mountain time. The Patriots over the Raiders. And then the Eagles in an early morning game, beating the Cincinnati Bengals and getting their first win after playing so poorly. And now, usually is when I would bring on my NFL expert, Dryden Raczynski,
2: and hopefully he will be back next week. Um, But he's not. But he did give me one fact that I had to share with you guys. The Big 12 had three L's, three L's. On September 12th, they lost to Coastal Carolina, Louisiana, and Arkansas State. Arkansas
1: State beat Kansas State, Louisiana beat Iowa State, and Coastal Carolina beat Kansas on September 12th. And before this season, members of the Big 12 had a 72 and 3
2: record over teams in this conference, in the Sun Belt. Once every 25 games, the Sun Belt was able to get a win over
1: the Big 12, and they got three in one day. The odds of that
2: are one in 15,625. What a great fact. Thank you, Dryden. And uh, with that, I'll leave you guys.
1: This is Larson. This was Larson Live. we will see you guys next week.
2: Same day, same time. Follow the NBS Central pages. And I'll catch you guys.